I didn't say I was going to show receipts. And trust me, I have been asked. Never. Let me tell you, because I knew that would be a major question, what I had done to basically rain on the fact that I was a liar about my receipts. I was not a liar. I just said I, it wasn't about showing them. I had clipped a copy of the receipts that I had up under my train. Stay tuned. We'll get into my conversation with Winter Williams right after these quick ads. Welcome to Reality with the King. It's me, Carlos King, the king of reality TV and one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television with over 10 years of production experience. Twice a week on Reality with the King, we'll sit down with my friends across the entertainment industry, recap our favorite reality shows, and revisit unforgettable moments that we are still talking and tweeting about. Today's guest from Reality with the King is a star, honey, from Love and Marriage, D.C. This woman, I knew instantly she was a star the first moment I met her. Yes, guys, I'm talking about a storm, honey, that has been brewing for the past couple of months, Miss Winter Williams. On today's show, Winter and I get to so much We talk about how she was not supposed to be on the show at all and how Melody Holt getting sick allowed Winter to tape a scene and the rest is history. In addition to that, we also talk about how Winter has been called the Danielle Staub of Love and Marriage DC. So if you're a Real Housewives of New Jersey fan, you know that Danielle came in on an island on her own, and she set things on fire. So is Winter the villain of Love & Marriage DC? And if so, does she take credit for the success of the season? Boy, oh boy, we get into many, many, many things, including her current friendship with Monique Samuels. Without further ado, let's get into this conversation. So, Winter, do you know who Danielle Staub is? I do. Wasn't she on Real Housewives of what? Um, New Jersey or New York? New Jersey. New Jersey. That's what I thought. So, I worked on the first two seasons, and Danielle Staub made it on my top 10 greatest housewives of all time list. So, when people say you are the Danielle Staub of Love and Marriage DC, what does that mean for you? I think it's a compliment because she's iconic. But when you hear that, do you also take that as a compliment? I do, because she's almost like the moment that wasn't expected to be a moment. Winter, are you the moment? I am the moment. I'm the season of the moment. You know, I'm winter year round, apparently. So, hey, there are some legends in reality TV. And I don't really watch it all that much. I haven't watched it in years, to be perfectly honest. But... You know, it's not a dig. It's it's unlike, you know, some of the things I said during the season that, you know, were certainly digs. That's not a dig. That's a compliment. So I'll take it. So before we get into this amazing season of Love and Marriage DC, I want my listeners to get to know more about you. Winter, the woman. So obviously what we saw in the show was, you know, you in the process of divorcing your now ex-husband. Other than that, let's get into who you are, 
just as a woman before you came on reality television? So life for winter before I came on reality TV was really pretty much centered around being an entrepreneur, full-time student. I'm in doctoral school and being a full-time mom. I mean, I have four kids, so that's a full-time job within itself. And really just building this platform for supporting women, being transparent and honest and authentic about my story. I know that can be off-putting for, for some people, but I just lo- learned that you're better off owning it. And so I've become, become comfortable with owning my story. And so I share, I speak. I've been a public speaker for almost a decade now, um, and I'm a paid you know, public speaker. So I'm really, really okay with the things I've had to walk through, the lessons I've had to learn. And I find that that has been really the draw for growing the platform that a lot of people see today that honestly was intact before I came on the show. This show has just helped, you know, expand my audience and my reach, but certainly it was there before I came here. So that's winter as the woman. I'm fun, y'all. I love to have fun. I love to laugh. I love to have a good time. Um, I think it has shocked Monique to heck that I have turned out to be as feisty as I am. And that really kind of speaks to kind of, you, you said the off and on, but it's not really off and on. It's more so maybe the lack of depth that people notice throughout the season that we've had in the friendship. But if it was there, now she might not have brought me on the show. I'm going to be honest. She might have said, uh-uh, y'all can't be coming at winter like that because this girl will pop off if y'all catch on the right day. Like, I think her maybe assuming that I was this sweet little church girl and, oh, we pray. And, and that's great. I love Jesus, too. But uh, try Jesus, not me. That's really my, my motto. <laughs> <laughs> winter, how did you get cast to be on Love and Marriage D.C.? That's a great question. I get asked a lot. So I initially went through the casting process with my ex-husband and we didn't finish because of everything that went down. I pulled us and was like, oh no, Mo, we can't uh-uh, take us out. We good. We got too much mess going on, girlfriend. Let me figure out what's going on over here. Okay. Um, so you guys move forward with casting while I was trying to figure life out. And so once I saw the initial cast, I, I actually messaged Monique, congratulated her. I'm happy for you guys. I'll be watching. It just so happened that when you guys began filming, she reached out and said, hey, I need a speaker. Are you open to doing the scene? And I was like, you know, sure. And so I always like to say that because she had to at least experience me to recommend me and know what I was capable of. And so it was at least enough depth in our friendship there to say, you know what, let's throw winter in the mix. And so I appreciate her for that. And that's really how I got at it. I just was supposed to do one scene, y'all. One scene and gone about my business. And I was happy with that. I was not here to try to get on the show. I was good with my little scene. And so when I got pulled aside and said, hey, will you come in a few days to film again? I had no idea you would be there, Carlos. Like, literally, I was shocked. Like, I, I honestly was like, wait, wait a minute. Say who now? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Okay. Um, so that's how I got at it. It wasn't in the plan. It wasn't in the cards. I've never auditioned for reality TV before. Um, I've always had aspirations to be in media, but more so, you know, I thought, I don't know, talk show, things of that nature, but not reality TV. Who, me? Who, me? <laughs> when we decided to do Love and Marriage DC, Monique and Chris obviously were a couple that we wanted to anchor the show, right? Yes. Because Monique had a different experience on her other show, I wanted to make sure that she was at least responsible for introducing me to who the the other couples would be. So she submitted, I want to say like seven couples. Mm-hmm. And we looked at Winter's tape with Kevin. And it was a tape that was very interesting because I don't know if you remember this winter, but 
Winter talked about how his penis was big, girlfriend, and how he was good at big, child, and he will buy her all these gifts. And for me, I was like, wow, it's, it'll be nice to have a couple who really is in love with each other. Like, they came across as, like, in the honeymoon phase, Winter, girl, you were googly-eyed. And I was like, this would be great. You and Kevin were on the top list amongst the other couples. And then we learned that Kevin was going through this situation. And we were like, well, girl, we can't start a franchise with a couple who's going through a divorce. That's weird. So we decided to move forward with other couples, obviously. But, and I don't know if you ever knew this. We were thinking about, do we have three couples or four couples? And if we would have four couples, we were going to make you and Kevin a part of that collective. Oh, wow. So listen, I will never take that man's size away. That ain't me. I will never do that. You know, I'm real about it. I feel like you need to give honor where honor is due. And so I will never take that man's size away. It was other issues that came into play that kind of sunk the ship. You know, people make it seem like, oh, she's a gold digger. Like, let's be clear, Winter had her own before. So that was not the issue. I can ride if I need to ride. It was the things that compounded and made it difficult to overcome, which was just finding out a lot of deceit. This is how we get to the demise of the divorce. But I didn't know that we were in that top. But yeah, I mean, I went into the marriage earnestly. I really, really did. And I think that's that's important for people to understand. This was not a joke for me. I was very serious. If I was going to give him a chance, I was going to give him an earnest chance. Um, it's just that, you know, you can't move forward in something where you honestly don't know the person that you're going to bed with. And so, um, you know, lies and deceit just kind of changed the whole dynamic. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I mean, I won't take anything away from it. I ain't gonna lie. I, shh, never hear me lie about it. I don't lie about people's penises. <laughs> so the thing about... That scene you brought up where the world was introduced to you in the first episode, the first scene, Monique had a pop-up event and you were a guest speaker. What the world doesn't know is Melody Holt was supposed to be a speaker at that pop-up event. And the reason why Melody could not show up is because she was sick, she had the flu. But the show must go on. We asked Monique to postpone the event Can we push it back a few days? Because I was like, well, it'll be fun to have Melody in the first episode as a way to sort of like pass the torch to Monique. Long story short, (laughs) Monique said, Carlos, I spent money on this. It's not going to happen. So she said, but I'll invite somebody to do it. And I believe you'll make it work. And you came into the scene as the guest speaker. And this is what I mean, guys, when I say you have to let the reality gods do it work. Because if Melody Holt would have shown up for that scene, no shade, you guys would have never met Winter. No. True story. I didn't know who the guest speaker was. I, I, well, I don't know if she told me or not. Let me, let me not say that. I'm not sure if she told me or not. But I do know someone else was supposed to do it and I was the fill-in. So that's true. Like, I, wouldn't, I would not be here if it had not been for her not showing up. Thank you, Melody. No. <laughs> May, may may your absence be restored unto you a hundredfold. <laughs> is that the minister side of you, Winter? It is. <laughs> well, let's get into the messy side of you, honey. Yes! The minister in the mess. Lord help. The saints is going to be upset about this, but it's all good. But the sinners won't. So, do you accept when people say you are the villain of love and marriage, DC. Hell no. I'm sorry. I sure don't. Sorry. That's an exclusive. These people done drove me to cuss. God dang it. No, I 
have a twin in this role. I will not take sole responsibility for the villain. Absolutely not. I have a twin. Who's the twin? Ashley. <laughs> so you would say that you and Ashley shared the duty as the villains of Love and Marriage DC? Absolutely. Fraternal twins, but we twins. Absolutely. I will own my part, Carlos, but no, I, I had help. What we saw this season was you navigating through this social group of Monique's friends. It appears that Monique has made it very clear that in the 15 years y'all were friends, that you two weren't close. She said on the reunion that she will always check in with you. You will never check in with her. I wouldn't say that it's never. I would say she's definitely more prevalent. And I feel like this is where I would love for her and I to have a separate conversation because this is the type of conversation we really need to have woman to woman. Like, what were you anticipating? What were you expecting? Because if the situation has always kind of been general surface and yeah, we have the sisterhood and the connect, then I would be interested to know, was there ever a desire for there to be more? Because again, a lot of it is how I deal, you know, just be having a busy life, having a busy schedule. If there was a desire to go deeper and that was expressed, then it would definitely cause me to move differently. But understanding we're, we both lead busy lives, um, I can't really accept that. And, and I don't know that she's ever expressed that she would love for there to be more. Um, and I'll take the L on not being the primary one to reach out, but I have reached out. So I don't, I don't think it's fair to paint the narrative that I've never reached out. That's just not true. Um, but I will definitely give her the badge and reaching out more and definitely more surface. You know, I reached out to her when everything went down with, with, you know, my last situation. So I just, eh, you know, she has her view. I have my view. I don't think either one of us are wrong. Perception is everything. A lot of people have said that Monique has distanced herself from you. Do you feel like Monique has distanced herself from you because she wants to be friends with the other couples? I won't say that the reasoning is for being friends with the other couple. I can't, I can't speak for her in that aspect. But for me being the friend, I do feel like there's been a side chosen and it's clearly not my side. <laughs> And that's how I feel. You know, you have to kind of process that, right? Because even though we were not close coming into this situation, she was the closest I had. And so surface or not, there were things that I shared with her that I certainly wouldn't just share with a stranger. And I certainly just wouldn't share, you know, haphazardly. Like she has receipts, receipts, like things that I, I shared on the show were things I was comfortable with. But there's another side that I will talk to her about that I wouldn't necessarily talk with the others about openly. And so, yeah, I think I had to process that, but I will own my part in it because I feel like one of the things I've learned about myself coming out of the situation with, you know, the demise of my marriage and even with Monique, like in our friendship, I've learned that sometimes I personally have a tendency to inflate myself in the eyes of people that I may feel are closer to me. And it's not always mutual. And I don't really fault her for that. I fault myself and I'm learning to be more, um, cognizant and pay attention. Like it's not always as mutual as you think. And she's entitled to feel how she feels. Uh, but that is something I've certainly had to process and it didn't feel good. I'm not going to lie about that. It's kind of like, well, dang, um, 15 years and we're kind of neutralized, right? With people that you've known for, I don't know, a year, a few months. I don't know how long she's known everybody with the except exception, you know, of, uh, Tasha. Tasha. Yes. You forgot Tasha's name, Winter. <laughs> Y'all didn't help matters with cutting all them scenes. So anyway, Tasha. So she's the only... <laughs> you okay? 
You better read me too, girl. <laughs> you okay? You need some water. <laughs> I'm good, honey. I'm just drowning in uh, the rivers of shade. Go ahead, sis. You know, I feel like she's the only one that really would have the title that would trump me in this situation. So that was a little, I guess, disheartening to hear. Like, basically, we're all neutral. We're all starting from ground zero. And so I wish I had known that coming in because I feel like that would have allowed me to personally govern myself a little bit differently this season. Um, instead of assuming that things were a lot more, um, you know, tighter than they were. And, and I'm not saying that we were best friends. I've never said that. You, you can't find a saying where I said we were best friends. But she is the person that I'm closest to in this ecosystem. And so, you know, that was like, dang, if I knew I was going to be on an island, your girl might have brought back up. Like, <laughs> I don't want to introduce some people. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. You live and you learn. And I think moving forward, should I move forward? Oh, hands down. You know, I, I think I would pack a blizzard and, and some ice in, in my pocketbook, you know? Yeah, you just, the storm would have to be prepared. Ooh, baby, we are not done yet. Stay tuned for more of my conversation with Winter Williams. We'll be right back after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my tell-all chat with Winter Williams. We saw on Twitter how, during Part 1 Reunion, you felt that DJ Quick was aggressive towards you, being a man and you being a female. Absolutely. And Monique retweeted and quoted herself saying, Again, I'm paraphrasing. You know, Winter stopped. He did not call you the B-word. He was talking to the guy in question, which, listen, I'm the host, and I can attest to the fact that he never called you the B-word because I would not have stood up for that. He did clarify that it was for the guy. But you also retweeted Monique's retweet and said something along the lines of, Monique, I know you have chosen a side, Mm -hmm. but this is how I feel. Do you feel like Monique has pretty much made her position stand to the point where she is way more invested in her friendships with the Silvas and the Tylers than you. I do. I, I'm going to be, I'm giving you a honest answer here. Yes, I do. And for me, it's fine. I think we can all recall the reunion where we're like, there's a lot going on. I got called a B so many times. It, he could have said it to me. She could, it, it was a lot of Bs being thrown at me. Yeah, but I will say this because I want to be clear. I, I just want the world to know. And I want you to know, Winter, I would never allow a man to call you a B-word. I would never have sat there and allowed that. That's why we showed Chris checking quick the way he did. You can't say pretty much. No, no, you can't, you can't this, change this what, I I I what I said. I know what I said. This is what I will say. If you, you heard something, I'm... And that's why we had to show quick say, I'm not talking to her, I'm talking to him. Tell his toothless ass to keep my mother Listen, if you want to talk to my best friend, I just want you to know for me, I would have never allowed that. Now, look. Ashley called you a bitch, though. That's the thing. A lot. And I want to be clear that I'm addressing the aggression part. Like, we can't take that back, which is why he's getting checked. And I think in that atmosphere, which is why I retweeted her tweet, like, you're defending him, but don't invalidate how I felt. I'm speaking to the fact that in that moment, it was very aggressive. And whether he was directing that, the reality is that the person that's directed at is not there. So in that aspect, I'm taking the brunt. And I did not think that was a fair display. Yes, you can be angry, do whatever you do. But I just feel like I shouldn't take the heat 
for something that you're saying is not for me. And so I felt like in that moment, she invalidated how I felt because you can't speak for me. You can't tell me how I felt. It was a lot that night. And I'm going to be the first to be completely transparent. This is my first reunion. I don't know what to expect. You know, I've talked to Monique before this reunion, like, hey, what do you think? I should, you know, how did these go? Um, and she was like, I've never been afraid for a reunion. So she said, you know, make sure you have your points you want to cover. Be prepared for the points they want to cover. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I've seen a reunion or, or three, right? <laughs> right? I could have never predicted that. Like, I really couldn't have. Like, I knew people were coming. I knew people would come for winter. I was prepared for that part. But the level, I was not prepared for. And that was a lot for me. Even with the, the number of Bs that, I, I mean, she called me a lot that night. I don't speak that way. <laughs> I don't care how angry I am. I really don't speak that way. So that was a very, uh, what I would consider a toxic and aggressive environment. And I was just like, I didn't know what was about to go down. Let me just tell you, while people were coming for me, because you know as well as I know, Carlos, I have always maintained, I said I heard rumors. I didn't say what those rumors were. I didn't say I was going to show receipts. And trust me, I have been asked, never. Let me tell you, because I knew that would be a major question, what I had done to basically rain on the fact that I was a liar about my receipts. I was not a liar. I just said I, it wasn't about showing them. I had clipped a copy of the receipts that I had up under my train. What? Wait, hold up. <laughs> that red dress you were wearing, the reason why it was heavy and had so much garment is because you're saying to me exclusively on Reality with the King that you had your receipts, your tangible physical receipts taped or clipped onto your dress? Two black paper clips. We have footage. We took a video of it. Yes, that's what you're hearing. And it was never to show them, but to, I was going to flip my train over and be like, don't call me a liar. It's just that I'm trying to be respectful because I would never embarrass anyone like that on national TV because of what I've been through. You know, just because I haven't shown anything doesn't mean I don't have it. I'm just trying to be respectful. And so I actually reached out to Arena um, after the reunion and told her that I would love to go to coffee with her because this was the thing. I never had an issue with them. And, and I really don't have an issue with the Silvas. I just knew that they would come for me about these receipts because that was always the talk. Um, but I actually reached out to Arena. She never responded, but I offered to go out to lunch with her to give her a copy of, of what I had. Because I felt like that was something woman to woman. Like, you don't want this stuff aired on national TV. But I said, hey, you and Jamie open to a conversation. Let me know. Um, I'm willing to go out with you and give these to you so you know what was sent to me. Like, these I mean, people were sending stuff. Like, if, actually, as of yesterday, somebody sent me something on another castmate. Like, actual, tangible photo document. So this is the thing. These are the things that happen in reality TV. People don't realize once you get on these shows, you honestly don't have to go find receipts. The receipts come to you. People send them to you. And so it's up to you whether or not you choose to move on these receipts or not. I just felt like I have always maintained that was not my goal when I said I heard rumors. I'm just talking. I'm, I'm chopping it up with Monique. I was very honest in that moment. She said she heard rumors at that Ocean Prime. And I said to Monique, I heard rumors too. That is something I own that I said. But at the end of the day, don't start making the narrative or creating the narrative that, oh, she's lying. She ain't got nothing. She ain't doing. Like, no, I'm just, I don't feel like that's necessary. I would never do that to someone. And we can say we want all the receipts we want. Um, that's a different ballgame when they're actually out there. So I personally didn't display them. But yes, I had them clipped under my train. 
and there's video footage that I honestly was going to, to, you know, drop because I knew the conversation would be, oh, she lying. No, I'm not. I'm just not that person. I could be, but I'm not. But Winter, knowing that you feel this way and you felt like, look, I'm not going to embarrass you on national TV, but a lot of people argue, though, that you still taped it on your dress. So when you would have unleashed the garment and show the receipts, would they have been pictures that people would have been able to see? Or was it all just like words? Oh, no, no, no. These were pictures. And the other thing that actually made me not flip my train, because you have to understand that them things was clipped whether y'all liked it or not. Y'all just didn't know they were there. So what made me decide not to say, hey, you know, I'm not lying. I'm just not willing to show them was the toxicity. Because I felt like because of how aggressive and toxic, I believe I would have got fought that night. If I had flipped that train, I believe I would have got flipped over that chair. Absolutely. And I'm too little to fight and too cute to fight too. So I don't fight. Yeah, we don't allow fighting on Kingdom Ray entertainment shows. But I just, you, but you also, you can't control a person's response. Like those are the type of things that make people angry. Like, mm-mm, I'm good. So when I saw that, I said, oh no, baby, these things are staying up under this skirt. So when you reach out to Arena to deliver these receipts, is it because the stuff that you allegedly know you think it's in Arena's best interest to know these things? It's just, it was a lot. And for me, some of the information, it was very personal. Like, very, very personal. Also, with Arena, out of anybody on this cast, you know, Ashley and I definitely have had our tension and our back and forth. And I feel like, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, I've given 10, she's given a thousand. Like, that's, you know, I feel like that's our personality. Like, and I know she feels like I kind of throw my rock and hide my hand. But with Arena, I felt like with her, like she didn't like my response that to the question you asked me on nightcap. And so it was really like, Hey, you know, he asked me, I gave an honest answer. I didn't mean to offend you. I really was just being honest. But at the end of the day, I really have nothing against you because I wasn't saying it to be mean. <laughs> like I really was given an honest assessment and I just kind of moved on, said it, moved on, you know, and I just wanted to say, Hey, this is, I'm gonna get us to you do with it what you will. But I felt like that was something I personally should let her know is out there. So that was really what that was about. It's not about saving face or anything like that. Like, a, you know, goodness, it, once you do this, it's out there. You got to own what you do. But that was my reasoning for reaching out to Arena. Because I honestly, out of everyone on this cast, I did feel like, um, for me, she was the most genuine. I really did. Ashley mentioned at the reunion that there's this alleged toothless guy he wasn't at who the toothless is as imaginary as he was on the reunion, but okay. Without naming names, because he's not here to defend himself. Right. They're saying there is a guy who is well known in the DC streets where he knows quick and that you two are in a relationship and he is helping you feed these lies. What do you have to say about that accusation? We're referring to my best friend, and it's interesting. And he has his teeth. That's the thing to get me. I'm like, who toothless? Give me a little credit. I know I went down the AARP situation and my decisions might not can be trusted in men at this point, but dang, toothless? But to assume that Winter, of all people in the DMV, I am very well connected, that he would be my plug, what I know did not come from him. I can emphatically say that, but I will tell you, Carlos, with them being so upset with, whatever they think he knows or said or is feeding me, 
it did make me like go back to him and be like, what the heck is going on? Like, I don't know what their connection is. Even the whole conversation they were mentioning, I did not honestly know what the heck they were talking about at the reunion. I'm like, you really need to talk to him because I, you're saying stuff that I'm not privy to. I don't know of any conversations or call. Like, it was just weird. So there was an accusation that we have been sleeping together for months. And I'm like, okay, let's just talk about the whole abstinence situation because I feel like a lot of that was thrown out to call me a hypocrite and embarrass me. But anyone who's a believer knows we all fall short. And if you fall in a bedroom, which most pastors and preachers are doing anyway, tell the whole truth and shame the devil. I would not be this big announcement that, oh, winners having sex. If I made a decision to have sex, I would just own it. It just really wasn't true. So I was more concerned about what they felt like he knew or didn't know. Like, I'm just like, I don't understand why him. Like, I got so many guys around me that y'all could pick. Why this one? Are you saying that you slipped in the male pond during your abstinence phase? Well, no, I'm saying that in my abstinence phase, I haven't always been abstinent. So I'm saying that if that was the case and I had a slip, I would have just owned it. Did you have a slip with the guy who's toothless, allegedly? No, not the way they're claiming. No, I did not. Then I'm like, y'all trying to get all in my business. I don't give juice, honey, unless I'm getting a check. Well, I do pay you. My last check came three weeks ago, Carlos. <laughs> Love you. You're so quick on your feet, baby. Are you still abstinent today? Has winter had sex today? No, I have not. So I'm abstinent today. No, I, I, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly, it's interesting. I've been having this conversation with friends of mine who practice abstinence and how we address this is really just day by day. It's not, is it hard to stay abstinent? Yes. Do I have difficulty? Yes. Have I fallen short at times? Yes. Have I fallen short? In the last three, four, five years that I've been absent, oh, yes, I have. And I'm not ashamed to say it. What about the last three, four, five months? Uh, no. And, that, and I can honestly say I have not fallen short while y'all over here trying to add stuff, honey. I, I, listen, I, would, I have earned any fall shorts after what I've been through. You do. I want you to have some good sex. I don't think it's fair that Sheree <laughs> is having good loving with Martel Holt and you out here single. So... Do you want me to hook you up with the love and marriage Huntsville guy? I, I don't have any problems finding men, Carlos. I'm dating now. So I feel like there's, if I want to get some, I know how to get some. When you came out with your paddle that said friend to the show, was that friend to the show paddle a sort of like, you know, messy way of telling your castmates, this friend of the show caused so much conversation that I actually am more than that. I feel like the conversation has been from my castmates, like, why is she calling, causing so much drama? Why is she here? We don't need her here. Then stop making me relevant. The relevance here. So it was to say, if I'm a friend of the show, let me be a friend of the show because the other friend of the show was not at the reunion. <laughs> Help me understand. Carlos, I'm checking a heartbeat and a pulse. You okay? <laughs> no, I'm not. Would you like to come back to the show shall we get a, another season and stay friend to the show or would you like to be main cast i have earned my flag in dc you came in and you you shook it up can you give us a little acapella version of your hit single sign the paper absolutely You've been lying, that's how we got here. You've been lying for the last two years. You better sign my 
and give my divorce. Forget you. Yeah, yeah. iTunes, Spotify, Shazam, anywhere you can stream music and it's downloadable. So sign my papers is the name of the single. And you can find me on simplywinter.com or I'm Simply Winter on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. That was such a messy, shady, but insightful conversation with Winter. Boy, all I can say is if we get a season two, hmm, we have a lot to address. <laughs> so stay tuned. And tonight, we have the second episode of my latest hit, Bell Collective. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the season premiere last week. Our show trended and it did well in the ratings. So thank you so much. Also, this second episode, guys, is so good and so juicy. You do not want to miss it. My name is Aikisha. I am the real queen of Jackson, Mississippi. I don't know if Aikisha is a woman of empowerment or if she's a woman who has to be in power. Tasha and Damon are having an affair. What do you think about bringing another baby to the family? I'm at zero on wanting to have a baby. I need my wife home. Tell me the truth. Is this your baby or not? Tonight at 9 o'clock a Central on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Sierra Spradley-Ricks. Laporta Thomas was the associate producer on today's episode. Engineering and music by Marcus Hamm. More sauce. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.